When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and late night show stayer upper watcher. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's dig into the news of the day. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 In 2015, Jon Stewart shocked viewers when he announced he'd be vacating the anchor desk at The Daily Show, the extremely popular late-night comedy news show he'd been headlining since 1999. On September 28, 2015, a new host succeeded Stewart, Trevor Noah, a then 31-year-old comedian from South Africa. Noah taking over Stewart's spot was met with some resistance. Longtime fans struggled with Stewart's departure, and some people were frustrated that the show's network, Comedy Central, didn't pick longtime Daily Show correspondents like Samantha Bee or John Oliver. Now, Noah's been behind the desk for nearly five years, and he's become a bright spot on the late-night lineup. But let's back up. Jon Stewart might be the most famous Daily Show host, but he certainly wasn't the first. The first show premiered on Comedy Central on July 21st, 1996, with a comedian named Craig Kilborn as host. The show was a moderate success, but it mostly focused on parodying celebrity news, with segments like This Day in Hasselhoff History and Last Weekend's Top Grossing Films Converted into Lyra. It was also kind of mean-spirited in a way that made critics and some correspondents uncomfortable. A few people who worked with Kilborn said he was kind of a jerk. And Stephen Colbert, one of The Daily Show's most well-known correspondents, said of the Kilborn years, You wanted to take your soul off, put it on a wire hanger, and leave it in the closet before you got on the plane to do one of these pieces. Kilborn ended up leaving the show in 1998, and Stewart, a stand-up comedian with a few movie roles like Big Daddy and Half-Baked, and his own MTV talk show, was tapped to replace him. Stewart's first show was on January 11, 1998. Correspondents at the time included Colbert and Steve Carell, who were then relative unknowns. Things in the Stewart era were pretty different from Kilborn's. Stewart wanted to satirize political news instead of celebrity news, so he teamed up with former Onion editor Ben Carlin. They picked the right time to get into skewering politics. In 2000, George W. Bush was contentiously elected president of the United States. He was a famously hated president, along with his vice president, Dick Cheney, and he gave Stewart a lot of material to work with. But Stewart did more than just poke fun at the president. He used humor and incredulity, both to convey the news in an entertaining way and to point out political hypocrisy and absurdity. He was also able to handle serious issues like the September 11th, 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, and the war in Iraq that began in 2003. He interviewed politicians, authors, political thinkers, and other important people who probably wouldn't have ever set foot on Kilbourne's set. 
The world changed so much and so quickly around the turn of the 21st century that traditional TV news was no longer able to capture the absurdity of it all. And other late night shows were still more for entertainment than for news. This was also when 24-hour news channels like MSNBC and Fox News started becoming popular, with conservative news hosts like Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly blurring the lines between news and entertainment under the guise of straight news. Stewart felt that the 24-hour news channels did viewers a disservice, tricking them into believing they were watching real news when they were really watching biased commentators trading in fact for opinion. He used The Daily Show to satirize all of this, and in doing so, ended up being a more trusted voice in news than some actual news reporters. People watched The Daily Show for entertainment because the show was funny and sharp, but they also began to watch it to learn about what was happening in the country and in the world, so much so that by 2004, polls found that many people under 30 got their news primarily from Stewart. Stewart's correspondents were just as impressive as he was. Colbert, now the host of The Late Night Show, took on an O'Reilly-esque right-wing persona, which he later spun off into his own Comedy Central show, The Colbert Report. Other correspondents included Rob Riggle, Nate and Rob Corddry, the aforementioned B and Oliver, Asif Mondvi, Wyatt Sinek, Jessica Williams, and Jason Jones. Olivia Munn had a brief stint on the show, and so did Mo Rocha and Josh Gad. Stewart announced he would be leaving The Daily Show on February 10th, 2015. Fans were devastated. They also speculated that producers would replace Stewart with a popular correspondent, like B, who had been a correspondent for 12 years, or Oliver, who had stepped in for Stewart during a sabbatical, or Williams, who was a fan favorite. But starting in 2013, Oliver had a popular show on HBO, and B said producers never seriously considered her for the hosting gig. She later went to host Full Frontal with Samantha B on TBS. Still, Comedy Central reportedly did an exhaustive search for a replacement host, ultimately settling on Noah. Noah, who was mixed race, grew up with a single mother in South Africa. He left Johannesburg for Los Angeles in 2009, after his mother's ex-husband, who had abused her and Noah in the early 1990s, shot her through the back of the head. She miraculously survived. But when Noah confronted the ex-husband over the phone shortly after the shooting, he threatened Noah's life. In Los Angeles, Noah did stand-up on a variety of late-night shows and had his own televised comedy special. In 2014, he became the senior international correspondent for The Daily Show, having hosted similar late-night shows in South Africa prior to immigrating to the U.S. When he began hosting the show in 2015, fans compared him unfavorably to Stewart. Critics were impressed with his hosting prowess. The Los Angeles Times called Noah charming and composed, almost inevitably low-key, compared with the habitually antic and astonished Stewart. But ratings reflected fans' discomfort with the new host. They were down 37% at the beginning of Noah's tenure, ticking up over the last few years and falling again in 2020. Still, Noah's daily show has become largely successful and an important resource during a turbulent political time. Comedy Central has extended his contract to 2022. Stewart, meanwhile, has taken on a number of political causes, has a production deal with HBO, made a film, and currently runs a sanctuary farm for abused animals along with his wife. Personally, I was a huge fan of Jon Stewart, and my family used to watch The Daily Show together as a unit every single time there was a new episode. And we were definitely sad to see him go and nervous to see how Trevor was going to adjust to being the new host of the show. But I'm happy to say that The Daily Show is still a constant part of my family's routine. And we love Trevor Noah. And now for our music fact of the day. On September 28, 1990, singer Marvin Gaye responsible for major political hits like 
what's going on? And I heard it through the grapevine, got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Unfortunately, Gay didn't get to enjoy the honor. He died in April 1984, the day before his 45th birthday. His father, Marvin Gay Sr., shot him to death at their house in Los Angeles. So while not a fun fact, we can still carry on Marvin Gaye's legacy and understand his impact on the music industry to this day. And for our final segment of the day, I'm going to go into my own photo archive to see what I was up to on a September 28th in my life. So it looks like actually on September 28th, 2018, I was mocking up potential cover artwork for prom dress, which at that point only existed in its demo form. And I'd gone into a studio previously to work with a producer and sound engineer on making a demo version of prom dress. And I mocked up this version of it where I literally hung my prom dress onto my closet, took a photo of it, and then edited it in this app called Fonto, which is just like a free text app that exists on the app store. But it's really funny to me. I just think like, it's so cool to see these little snippets of where I was at points of time in my musical journey and kind of the professionality professionality aspect too of making cover art and what that process looks like. And there's definitely a lot of lo-fi elements to the things that I do still just because I think that is the character of my project of MXM Tune. But it's cute to see that I was super excited about prom dress coming into existence and really badly wanted to make cover artwork for it. So yeah. And now it exists in the world and people listen to it and people love it too, which is really, really cool. And that's all for today's episode of 365 Days of MXM Tune. Thank you all so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you found something interesting within the episode. Don't forget to follow us on social media at 365 Days MXM Tune, anywhere you like to get your updates on podcasts. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.